0: KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Bar Sports Open Line. Those mid-swings and he hits a
1: drive. He hits a slammer.
0: Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pawley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here
1: we go, here we go. To our Friday edition of a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Great to have you with us as we uh, wrap up the week together. This is going to be the uh, final show that we do in studio for quite some time. As I'll be heading to uh, Nashville this weekend, and uh, we'll be doing the show all next week, pretty much from uh, baseball's winter meetings and. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like for the Cardinals. Obviously, they've continued uh, – they've done much of their heavy lifting for the offseason with the signing of three pitchers. There are there's still clearly things that they need to do. Uh, they are very likely to add to a relief pitching uh, – to the relief pitching group. I think they're likely to trade at least one, if not more, outfielders. Uh, I think they continue to kick the tires on maybe another starting pitcher, depending on what happens. Uh, but I, it's interesting because when we were thinking about the baseball winter meetings, even a couple weeks ago, we were thinking about these winter meetings that they were going to be hot and heavy. I mean, there was going to be so much going on, and now the question is, well, how much is going to happen? What, what, how different can and will the Cardinals look? Uh, a week from today when the baseball winter meetings have totally wrapped up. And I don't think any of us really know. So the intrigue's a little bit different now. Uh, The intrigue for the winter meetings before Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Sonny Gray was how do the Cardinals go find their starting pitching? Well, they found it. So now the intrigue is what else do they have up their sleeve to make the 2024 version better a lot better than the 2023 version. I think the 2020, 2024 version already is a lot better. Uh, but I, I don't want to see the Cardinals go into a playoff series with the team the way it's built right now. There are still some things that need to get done. So we will be there throughout the week. I am traveling to Nashville on Sunday Sunday. The meetings officially get underway on Monday, uh, wrapping up early on Thursday. And anything that happens at any moment, we will be live with it right here on KMOX. Also, uh, follow along with what we're doing uh, online uh, on social media. But we will be at uh, baseball's winter meetings. Myself and Mike Claiborne are going. And then our first edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show is going to be coming up from the winter meetings. That's going to be on Thursday. That's That's a note for you in past years, or at least last year, because last year was my first year doing it. Last year, the show was on Wednesday nights. I think historically it's been on Wednesday nights, but I don't really know. I just know what it was last year. But our Countdown to Opening Day show, our Cardinal Radio Network show that uh, Mike Claiborne and I do, uh, it is going to be on Thursdays this year, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock here during the sports open line hours uh, and also across the uh, Cardinals Radio Network. But our first edition is coming up a week from yesterday, as we'll have a lot from the baseball winter meetings, and we are certainly looking forward to that. Here's what we've got coming up on the program tonight. As always, if you want to chime in, you can do so by calling, texting, or tweeting. If you call or text, it's 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Or if you want to tweet at me, you do so at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This hour, a couple guests going to be on. Uh, You've heard a lot of this guy here on KMOX and really radio stations uh, throughout our group and uh, throughout the St. Louis area, and rightfully so. Benji Molina is going to join us in uh, just about five minutes or so. Former Major League catcher, now uh, part of the Spanish-language broadcast team for the Cardinals. Uh, He's got a toy drive going on tomorrow morning. It's going to be 10 to noon at 314 Sports Cards in Olivet. And uh, they are looking for new... Unwrap toys, and if you can take a new unwrapped toy, or take multiple if you'd like to, uh, you've got an opportunity to take pictures with Benji and get autographs. and There's going to be some other raffle-type items and things like that. They've got a lot going on, and this is really cool. I I love Benji's um, kind of feeling of j- j- the the service um, the service attitude he takes to life, and th- what's going on is. The toys are going to be given to homeless children who are living in homeless shelters, and they're going to be given on Christmas Eve. So 10 to noon tomorrow, 314 Sports Cards, Olivet. Hopefully you can join uh, Benji for uh, his toy drive and uh, take a new unwrapped toy. Uh, but Benji's going to join us to give us more information about that coming up in about five minutes. Then later on in the hour, another Ben, Ben Arnett, uh, covers Missouri athletics uh, on television in the uh, Columbia market. He's going to be with us uh, later on this hour. Uh, next hour we'll talk with a former NFL player and Ed Smith. We always enjoy speaking with him and get his thoughts on uh, all things going on in the NFL. Uh, talk some Blues hockey. Good win yesterday. Jordan Bennington, he is having such a good season. For the you look, yesterday's one of those games where you look at the box score and you go, "That can't be right. That's got to be a typo." The Blues were outshot yesterday, forty-six to twenty. Forty-six to twenty. Now, to be fair, from a Buffalo standpoint, it did seem at times that they were just kind of putting the puck on net. And they, they weren't so much looking for great shots. Uh, and there's, there's kind of those two schools of thought. Do you, just, do you just pepper the net with the puck, hoping that eventually one's going to go in or at some point you're going to get a rebound and then get a really good opportunity? Or do you really work your offense to try to get the best possible look uh, at, at the net? And it seemed like yesterday Buffalo was just putting the puck on net time after time after time. But still, 46 shots for Buffalo. 20 for the Blues, and the Blues win by a 6-4 score. You don't see that happen very often. And Jordan Bennington was really good stopping 42 of the 46 saves uh, that he made yesterday. And he just continues to be really a revelation in what he's doing. He's not somebody who has been overly consistent in the regular season in his career and we're only a quarter of the way into the year. But if he continues to put up the kind of numbers this season uh, that he's done so far, that's going to go a long way towards the Blues being a playoff team. And if the season ended right now, they indeed would be a playoff team. They would be the top wild card, and right now they're only one point behind Winnipeg, who's got that number 3 spot in the Central Division. So uh, good stuff from the Blues. We'll talk more about them later on this hour. And I also want to get into what's unfortunately maybe the biggest sports story uh, in the market today, and it's what's going on over at Lindenwood. Uh, Not long after they made the decision to transfer and become a Division I athletic program, they announced today that they are going to be dropping 10 intercollegiate sports. A lot of athletes losing opportunities, a lot of coaches losing jobs. Uh, this is not good. Uh, it, it, it's, Lindenwood isn't the only place where this is happening, but I, I do think you have to take a step back and wonder how much does this have to do with the decision for them to go to Division One? Because being a Division One athletic department is it, it's expensive. It's really expensive. Uh There's. We have seen actually some teams leave division one and go division two or even division three. Division three, you don't have scholarships. So you can do things there just because of the cost. And if you're not in a power conference, the type of TV money and other things that the power conferences have access to, you don't have access to that. Yet, from an infrastructure standpoint, you're expected to have many of the same things that those programs have. It is very expensive to run a Division One athletic department, and I think we're seeing the cost of that today with Lindenwood's announcement, which really is unfortunate uh, from a from kind of a human level and uh, we'll talk about that coming up later on as well. But up next, Benji Molina. We'll find out about uh, his uh, toy drive, and we'll talk a little Cardinals baseball with him as well. We'll even ask him about uh, his brother and the decision not to uh, join the Cardinals coaching staff this upcoming season. That's up next as we roll on with the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. The Graybar Sports Open Line continues on right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. We are going to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line right now. You've heard a lot from this guy here over the last few days, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, he's got a big toy drive coming up tomorrow morning, 10 to noon, 314 Sports Cards in Olivet. He is former Major League catcher, now part of the Cardinals' Spanish-language broadcast team. He is Benji Molina. Benji, thanks for taking some time with us today. How are you? Oh,
2: Matt, thank you so much for having me on your show, yes. Uh, so happy to be in it.
1: We're uh, we. I wanted to make sure to get you on. We've talked about a ton on KMOX the, the big toy drive that's going to be coming up uh, tomorrow at three one four Sports Cards. More about that in a moment. But since I have you, I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of things. First off, uh, the Cardinals earlier in the week announcing the signing of uh, pitcher Sonny Gray. What was your initial reaction to Gray joining the Cardinals?
2: It is it's obviously obviously excitement. Obviously, uh, really really happy that they could add on. He pitched like a number one last year. He pitched uh, uh, unreal baseball. So we're just hoping and praying that he can bring this, uh, that to the Cardinals for the next three seasons. It's, it's unreal. I loved it. I loved it when they signed it. Uh, we have to give credit to, to Mo and, and the, uh, the organization. They're always trying to improve the team. Yes, they had a bad year last year um, on the field and wins and losses. But the office is always, always looking forward and always looking forward to fix up the team in every need they need. You know we we have to be thankful. Uh, they brought Arenado when the people wanted him. They brought, you know, Goldie. They brought Contreras when when he was number one free agent. Uh, catcher and so you have to give him credit. You know you have to give him credit. I know they take a lot of <laughs> heat, but uh, Sonny Gray's sign is a. It's a very exciting one.
1: He's somebody who threw 180-plus innings last season. They bring in another couple guys in Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, who also are big innings guys. What does that do for a team when you've got so many guys in the rotation who want the ball and want to throw and want to throw deep into games?
2: Let me tell you, Amalia, that helps so much because the bullpen doesn't take the low so, so bad and so heavily. Uh, I always said it since I got into St. Louis area with my broadcasters in Spanish, but I always said the bullpen will win games. Last year we were in September and we had 30, 31, 32 blown safe, you know, like, like blown leads. Uh, that tells you late in the games we had the lead and we lost it. So uh, that's another thing that is needs to be addressed, the bullpen, uh, but these guys will ease up those arms out there in the bullpen because they're going to eat a lot of innings. Kyle Gibson, I think he pitched like 187 or something like that, um, if I'm not if I'm right. Uh, but all those guys, they pitched uh, long innings. Uh, I mean, long games and a lot of innings. So it's, it's those are good signings. We're going to see they're going to have a chip on their shoulders. They're going to be thinking, you know, I didn't have the best year last year but I'm going to try to pitch better this year, and that's that's what you need.
1: Benji, I always hesitate when I ask you questions that involve your brother because I, I don't want it to be something where it seems like I'm trying to talk to you to get information about uh, your brother. No, no, but never, but never, never. We found out this week that uh, Yadier was going to be coming into the organization as a special advisor, but he's not going to be uh, a full-time coach. Just from uh, him being back in the organization and getting his hands back involved and working with uh, so many different people, what can that do for the Cardinals having Yadi back involved?
2: It would be, it would mean, uh, it would mean the world to have him back. The whole, the whole thing is, it's, um, that he needs to be ready for that grind again, right? He needs to be prepared for, for coming in and, and, and coaching, uh, every day basis and being on the field for that long as we all remember, like last year was, or this year, it's his first year off. I think it's, um, I, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, very uh, early to say that he wants to come back. He wants to coach, but he wants to do it on his terms, right? Mm -hmm. Like he wants to be ready for the six-month grant, and he wants to be ready to do it. He wants to do it. Uh, We just got to wait. We just got to wait. His first year this year, I I think I had it right when I said it. I said the first year is going to be probably for him. He has a son. He plays ball. He coaches out there. He has teams. He has businesses. He's building this big old ranch with animals that is is not built yet. So, you know, we just got a given time, maybe not this
1: year, uh, coming up, 24. But maybe we see him in 25. Who knows? Is that something you've ever thought about going, you know, trying to go down the coaching path as a full-time sort of thing?
2: It is. It is a full-time. It it is, um, Matt, it's uh, from February – 13 or so, you're at the field, uh, and then you get back. Imagine the Texas Rangers when they won the World Series. It's in November mm-hmm. that you get back. So it's a, it's a long grind. If you don't make it a, to the playoff, obviously, it's early October, but still a long season. So these guys, when they come back, you know, you saw what happens to Holiday. He, he wanted to be a bench coach. He agreed to it, and all of a sudden, he's like, okay, wait. Okay, let me, let me rethink this. You know, I need to be with my son. I need to be with this kid. I need to be with my wife. Or something like that so we need to give him some time i think it's probably gonna take him one more year and that guy is baseball you know he's he's a baseball he's a baseball guy so i I won't be surprised in 25 with him managing somewhere or coaching somewhere
1: all right let's uh get into what's going to be going on tomorrow in olivet 314 sports cards 10 to noon uh, you're going to be there, and uh, you're trying to uh, get people to uh, donate toys that are going to be given to homeless children. They're going to be given at shelters uh, throughout the St. Louis area on Christmas Eve. This is such an important thing. you know. We've been blessed where Christmas is such a wonderful thing, uh, but there's so many people out there that Christmas isn't great because maybe they don't have those things under the tree, and you're doing your best to make sure that everybody has a wonderful Christmas.
2: It is a very special event, man. It really is. It really is. You can touch your heart and really, really uh, make sure that everything is uh, good with these kids. It's homeless shelters. It's homeless shelters, man. It's 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 kids that don't have these things that we normally have. If you have kids, you know what I'm saying. Like You wake up that, that day in the morning and you look up and you see the tree and you see some gifts and you hang out with your brother, your sister's. And, and you hang out with your dad, your mom, these kids don't have that. And, and when Ben Boy, my big old friend, uh, Jefe Ben Boy, uh, mentioned it to me, I said, Man, I want to do one. I want to help out. I want to make sure that the Carnal Nation probably behind me in this. And get, let's get him involved and let's get him uh, to go and donate some toys. I sign autographs, I'll take pictures, I don't care. I'll be there from 10 to 12, maybe a little longer if I have to, right? So this is this is a really really special event. We're gonna to touch not only the SweetCelebration.org, that organization that help out some kids, but we're gonna help a lot of shelters out there that that those kids really really need. We uh, we're praying. We hope that the Carnal Nations follow us at least for those two hours. You don't have to get out of the car if you don't need to. Just drive by. Just. Drop the toy, and it's 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 going to be for a great, great, very touching cuff.
1: And just to be clear with everybody, looking for uh, new unwrapped toys, and it's 314 Sports Cards in Olivet. And for people who do want to get out and spend some time, you can get uh, a photo with you, Benji. You can get an autograph. I know there's going to be some other giveaways and raffles and things like that. So there's a lot going on.
2: Yes, there's a lot going on its I like I, like we said, man you just you, you just, i mean you don't have to get out of the car if you don't want to, you don't need to take a picture, you don't take an autograph or something, but we will be there prepared for you we will if you want a picture, let's do a picture. If you want an autograph, let's do it. but we're a toy, man. This is a really, really cool, cool cause. I did one in Anaheim when I was playing with the angels, and we filled up a truck a truck full of toys. We were able to go out there. And, and hit some shelters in, in the Anaheim area. And, and you should see their faces. You should see how excited, how happy they get when they get the gift. This one, they will wrap up the gift, put their names on it, so when they wake up, these kids will know exactly what what they asked for. They will get it, you know? So there's an Amazon list, too, that you can you can do it through Amazon. Amazon wish list and stuff like that. You go to Sweet that celebration.org slash Christmas and you will see the Amazon wish list there man it is very very cool
1: awesome very very cool uh Benji Molina benji thanks for the time thank you for doing what you're doing tomorrow it is so great hopefully we're able to push some more people out there uh to help but thank you for having this uh this giving spirit that you have and uh being a, a big part in making a lot of kids Christmas so much better I'm so appreciative to you
2: oh no thank you so much for having me on your show man. I this is From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for everyone that's out there sacrificing this, making sure these kids get a smile on their face on Christmas Day. Thank you so much.
1: That's Benji Molina, legit good dude. Legit good dude. I'm telling you, the stuff that he's doing, uh, he's at a charity gala later on tonight. Uh, he's, got, he's got this tomorrow. This is somebody who wakes up in the morning trying to figure out the way that he can make other people's lives better. So 314 Sports Cards tomorrow, 10 to noon. It's a toy drive. New unwrapped toys. Uh, drop it by if you've got the ability to do so. We'll talk Mizzou athletics with Ben Arnett. He joins us in just a moment. We roll on. It's a great bar sports open line on KMOX. Back at it here on a Friday night, our final edition of the program for the week. We are efforting uh, Ben Arnett. We'll talk with him coming up in just a few moments. Sports director at KOMU uh, in Columbia. He also occasionally uh, does work on Mizzou broadcast on SEC Network Plus. So we'll talk with him in uh, just a moment or so talking uh, all things Missouri athletics. A lot of good things going on. Mizzou football, their regular season over. They'll find out after this uh, championship weekend where they are going to be going bowling. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of speculation about where they may end up in terms of New Year's six bowl versus maybe being jumped over by another team in the SEC. Uh, We'll see what happens with uh, the the Georgia-Alabama situation and the SEC championship game could potentially impact it as well. So uh, instead of listening to me talk about it, let's bring in somebody who does very much have an idea of what's going on. We go to the Quiver River electric guest line, and we welcome on the sports director at KOMU in Columbia. He is Ben Arnett. You follow him on Twitter at Ben Arnett K-O-M-U. Ben, thanks so much for taking some time with us tonight. How are you?
0: No problem. Anytime. I'm doing well. How about you?
1: I'm I'm doing uh, I'm doing all right as well. What's your feeling on what this bowl situation is gonna look like for Missouri? Are you very confident that it's gonna be a New Year's six bowl for them? <laughs> I
0: I lived through two thousand seven <laughs> and uh the infamous Orange Bowl incident back then. So uh I, I as I said on my my Mizzou Extra show this week, I wear my scars when it comes to this kind of stuff but all signs seem to be pointing to them going into that new year six they've scheduled uh availability for the media to come by and watch the bowl selection show right about the time the new year six games are announced on sunday afternoon um which tells me that they feel like they're in a good position to do that um and all of the you know tea leaves that you see on social media and all the reporting points toward that i think it would take something really strange maybe the next couple of days Uh, for that to to change. The only thing directly linked to a uh, conference championship game that uh, pops to my mind a little bit would be if if somehow Georgia looks really bad uh, against Alabama in the SEC championship game on Saturday, which is not at all likely but obviously possible. I feel like part of the committee, the CFPs, uh you know favorable ratings of missouri might have something to do with how well they played georgia the last two years if georgia looks bad and that you know the way missouri has played against them doesn't look quite as good maybe that changes things but i don't think that's likely
1: what do you think happens if alabama beats georgia
0: (sighs) wow Uh, it, it could depend on what happens elsewhere as as well uh greg sankey said earlier this week the commissioner of the sec that he's confident that that a uh, an SEC team gets in regardless of what happens tomorrow in Atlanta, time obviously will tell. Um, I think it, the the question may be what happens if Alabama beats Georgia and what happens if Florida State at the same time loses their game, perhaps playing with their third string quarterback, which came out today. Um, chaos could reign if those two things happen. Well,
1: here's what. And taking that one step further, what if Alabama beats Georgia? and then Florida State beats Louisville but looks really bad doing it. Just ugly game. Louisville just hands it to them. They don't play well. Like that that can happen with their third string quarterback. You could have an undefeated Florida State team versus a one-loss Alabama team that's an SEC champion and the committee might be in a position where they're trying to pick between those two teams and that's going to be very challenging.
0: Well, and I'll throw a third one in there. What if Texas looks like a playoff team against Oklahoma state at the same time. And you're looking at the situation where you've got a one loss Texas team who has a win over Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, there are all kinds of different wrenches that could be thrown into this. I was telling someone earlier today, I feel like the best thing for Missouri is if everything is chalk over the next 48 hours and everybody that you expect to win, wins their conference title games. Uh, Cause Missouri seems pretty solid there. Uh, there was a report from the Austin American Statesman yesterday uh, from their uh, talented uh, Texas beat writer saying uh, he had sources that if, if Texas does not make the playoff, if everything holds up and Texas does not make the playoff, that it is, will, will likely be Missouri and Texas in the Cotton Bowl, which is something that I feel like the Cotton Bowl has been eyeing for several weeks because, as you know, these bowl games oftentimes don't have great crowds because they don't have a lot of agency in what teams get sent to them. Uh, based on, obviously, as popular as we all know the Texas Longhorns are, in the Lone Star State, and how well Missouri has drawn in their two Cotton Bowl appearances. One thing that I I am certain of is a Missouri-Texas Cotton Bowl would be major box office for the Dallas Cowboys and uh, the folks who run the Cotton Bowl. I think they would love to see that game.
1: How do you think Missouri, because legacy SEC schools are viewed one way and it feels like the newer SEC schools including the University of Missouri are viewed another way does that still impact things right now even though Missouri's been in the SEC now for quite some time
0: well i think it it depends on what subject you're discussing and it also depends are you discussing you know how is is a a, a newer SEC school versus a legacy SEC, SEC school viewed by whom you know i think that conversation oftentimes is driven by what you see on social media from fans, Mm -hmm. you know, who's SEC and who isn't. I can tell you the folks at the conference office in Birmingham with their extremely lucrative television contract, which is in part extremely lucrative because of the state of Missouri with over 6 million people and two major media markets. uh, They think Missouri's SEC, (laughs) you know, whether somebody with a blue check mark who lives in Little Rock thinks so or not Mm -hmm. is far less relevant uh, to what, Greg Sankey and the powers that be in Birmingham think and and, and, you know that's it's funny that that conversation comes up so often because you know prior to my time at KOMU as many folks listening probably know I worked for Mizzou Athletics for for a decade and and was there whenever the conference switch happened and the thing that always impressed me about the SEC and the folks that run the league was you know these impressions that people have of oh Alabama's favored in this, Georgia's favored in that really don't exist in the way the league is run. It really is equal across the board. And I don't know that there are big-time, you know, viewpoints – within the conference about who belongs and who doesn't.
1: I guess the reason that I asked that question, it was two things. It was that social media graphic. I think it was an on-three reporter who predicted that Ole Miss would get a New York, New Year's Six Bowl and, and Missouri wouldn't. And then there was also that that viral video right before the Arkansas game. I think it was the locked-on podcaster for Arkansas who was kind of talking down about Missouri, and it just felt like what what he was saying, you would never hear somebody talk about it. Even not top-level SEC you're not hearing anybody say that about South Carolina. And it just feels like there continues to be some things out there. And I think to your point about, you know, the podcaster from Little Rock might say one thing and somebody else might say another. But it, to me, it just feels like you still see that stuff on occasion.
0: It, you, you do sometimes. And, and, and if I was a, a Missouri fan who was replying to that, I would simply say, well, you know, look at the fact that Missouri has won seven out of the last eight against Arkansas. Look at the fact that Missouri's won four in a row. And we're talking about in football here, of course against Ole Miss. I mean, Missouri has held their own. The University of Missouri football program has more 10-win seasons in the last 20 years than Tennessee. So people can have their opinions. Uh, The reality of the situation is Mizzou football has held their own extremely well uh, in this conference. And if you you dial back the 10-plus years to, to when Missouri entered the league, there are a lot of folks who wondered if Mizzou would ever be able to be bowl eligible in this conference. Uh there were many people who thought that Missouri was going to return to the nineties, uh, and the and the, the mid to late eighties of of three win seasons being the high watermark and that it would essentially be another Vanderbilt. And that clearly has not happened.
1: Let's talk a little basketball before we get you out of here. I thought that win against Pitt was just Huge. I mean, when you consider this is a team that lost to Jackson State, Pitt's going to be a really good team this year. Maybe they're a fringe tournament team uh, going on the road, beating them. It felt like that's a different Missouri basketball team than we saw just a little bit more than a week earlier against Jackson State.
0: Big time. It, it, it is really big. And I, I, Dennis Gates spoke to reporters today, and I asked him, you know, what, what has he seen from his group since that Jackson State game? And and he responded. Their that that their response, the look in their eyes since then, and the way they've responded in practice, the way they haven't pointed fingers, the way they've been on a on a a mission of constant improvement, uh, regardless of how the last game went or regardless of how the last practice went, has been enormous for this team. And and to your point about Pitt, you know Dennis already. We're sitting here the, on the first day of December, and Dennis Gates is already in his mind thinking and then saying this today how important that Pitt win is, the committee is going to see that in March. You know, the committee is going to look at how Missouri played a difficult schedule in November, lost a game to Memphis, came right back and got a Power 5 true road win against Minnesota, lost a a tough game in the last 10 seconds to Jackson State, came right back and got another, you know, Power 5 true road win against Pitt within two weeks and went on a winning streak from there. They've got an enormous game against Wichita State on Sunday. They're in the middle of five straight games against RPI top 100 teams, and we know some of the big boys that are coming up in Kansas and Illinois with Seton Hall in between them. Uh, This is a big stretch for them. They're on a constant mission of improvement with all the newcomers. I think they're finally starting to get the rotations down, uh, and I'll be really interested to see if they start Tamar Bates and Aiden Shaw again on Sunday against Wichita State. I think they probably will. And I feel like that's a big sign that Dennis Gates is starting to figure out what are the roles going to be on this team. And maybe they'll be able to take off here in the month of December.
1: You allude to it, but I think it's worth just really overtly talking about. Sometimes things don't actually mean something until they kind of get justified later on. If, if they don't Play well here over the next couple weeks in this stretch, that pit win means a little bit less. But now they've got Wichita State, Kansas, Seton Hall, all, and Illinois as their next four. They can almost make that pit game look that much better if they follow that up with more good performances against some pretty good teams coming up.
0: And they can make people completely forget about Jackson State. Yeah. You know, if, if, if this team continues on the trajectory that they're on, and and again, I, I I stress again, find their roles because you've got a lot of guys on this team who are veteran players who have played a lot of college basketball who are trying to figure out what's needed from them on this team. <laughs> you know, right here, right now, this season, they look like they're starting to figure that out. And 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 again, if they can play well over the next month, if they can pick up two or you know three three wins over this stretch, and then have the similar kind of conference season like they had a year ago. Um, People are going to forget completely about it, and they'll be right back in a a good spot uh, come Selection Sunday, which is a long way off, but worth thinking about already. Dennis Gates certainly is. He said numerous times he built this non-conference schedule specifically to challenge his team early on and try to figure out what are the problems. I want to know what the problems are before Christmas arrives and start fixing them early.
1: He is Ben Arnett, sports director at uh, KOMU in Columbia. Ben, thank you so much for your time, as always. Uh, If we don't talk to you again before the holidays, have a wonderful Christmas, and I'm sure we'll uh, check in again uh, real soon.
0: Yeah, you too. I'm, I'm uh, pleased and, and honored to be on anytime you'd like.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. That's Ben Arnett joining us uh, via the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Does great work at uh, KOMU in Columbia. Check him out on Twitter at Ben Arnett, KOMU. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number one of the program. It's Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Starting to wrap up our number one of a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Coming up uh, next hour, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the College Football Playoff Championship, our College Football Playoff, and and how. That could be impacted by championship weekend that's getting underway tonight, a couple championship games this evening, and then most of the action coming up tomorrow. Talk some uh, blues hockey. We'll talk about uh, the situation at Lindenwood where we found out today that they are going to be cutting 10 sports. That's not good. Ed Smith, former NFLer, will join us uh, at 735 to uh, talk all things NFL football. Ethan Hannaford in for Matt Pajeski tonight, uh, taking care of uh, getting us on and off the air. So, Ethan, I know you know this, but today I'm I'm driving. It's uh, about 1145. I leave my house to go pick up my daughter from school. Uh, She's done at noon. Get out of the car, walk up to go get her, come back to my car, get her all strapped into her car seat and everything. I had maybe had my car turned off for Three minutes, four minutes at the absolute most. At this point in your day, what would you rate from one to ten how your day was going? You know, I, uh, it was like a five. I went to, uh, I did my annual physical at the doctor. It went it went okay. So it wasn't amazing. Yeah, but it was just sort of one of those days (laughs) where you had a bunch of stuff that you had to get done. Okay. And uh, I go to turn the car on. Nothing. Like the radio turned on, but Nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, that's weird. So I take the key out and I kind of look at it. And my four-year-old daughter, you know, what's wrong? I'm like, the car's not starting. I'm not quite sure what's going on. So, you know, I'm like looking to make sure my car's not in, like, drive or something where mm-hmm. it can't turn on. And I put the car, in, will not turn on well not. And it's not a, my battery is you know you, when your battery's going in the weeks leading up to it being dead it takes a little while to ter- start ha- none of that lately my car's been driving i drive an 06 jeep wrangler so it's been driving as good as an 06 jeep wrangler is going right. to drive because sure. it's an old car and uh try again and just nothing so uh i have to call a tow truck tow truck comes first they try to jump it i tell them i don't think it's the battery They're like oh we'll try it and they try it, and nothing happens. And the tow truck driver goes, oh, that's weird. <laughs> like, he totally thought that I had no clue what I was doing, which I probably don't. Uh, and Were you offended that, at that point that, at all? No, <laughs> because I know I know nothing about cars. Uh, but I knew it wasn't going to be be the battery. Uh, it was the starter, by the way. I've since learned I need a new starter. They have to get like a like a secondhand market type one because, again, I drive an 06 Jeep Wrangler. They're not making parts for it uh, these days. But here's what I learned. So my daughter goes to school uh, with, a, with a preschool that's connected to a church. If your car is going to die, a church parking lot is the place for it to go. Tell me why. Uh, one of the pastors drives in, sees everything that's going on. Shout out Pastor Scott. Uh, Immediately. Oh, do you you need anything? Do you need a ride? Is there anything we could do for you? The uh, director of the preschool, who is just a, a wonderful human being, she saw everything that was going on. After preschool gets over at noon, they have like an aftercare program that goes for a while. She immediately comes out and says, "Why? My daughter's name is Sophia. Why doesn't Sophia come back inside and go to aftercare? Generally, the people who stay get a lunch. They found a lunch for her. They gave her a lunch. Like just." Everybody took care. There were so many people who just wanted to help me in that situation. And it was because if my car is going to break down, breaking down in a church parking lot is the place to go. So that's there story. you go. Yeah, that's my story. And uh, I'll get my car back tomorrow with a brand new starter. This is a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX.